Yo, what's going on? Welcome back to the Bossy AB Podcast. So the second time around, we got your girl Marla. And I am Kirby. So this time, we are Bossy AB, right? So we got to keep interchanging these Bs up. Yeah. So what we Bs like today? Today's B is going to be beginnings. We're going to talk about how it is we knew what we wanted to do in our respective fields. Bossy and beginning. Beginnings, yeah. I dig that. So, I mean, I'm going to be a boss and let you begin, you know. I'm going to be a boss and just begin without you letting me begin. How about that? How about that? Whatever. So, what was that beginning like? Like, the beginning stages of you knowing what you wanted to do in life? Because everybody has that question. And we even ask kids this question. Like, when we see them randomly, what you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. So, what was that for you? Um, For me, I always said I wanted to be an actress. That was the first thing I ever said I wanted to be. For me, it wasn't being a doctor, a lawyer. A veterinarian, I always knew I wanted to be on the big screen. I wanted to make people feel things. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Because, I mean, not that many people have that that passion of being on the, uh, wanting to be a big screen person. Yeah. Like, you hear it, but, like, I've never heard I that story, knew, per se. I never wanted to be anything else. I've never derived too far from the original dream. It's, it's switched up a little bit, but it's still going to take me back to that original dream. To that arena. Yep. Okay, so, I mean... If I'm honest with myself, I had one of those what people thought far-fetched dreams were for my first career of whatever I wanted to do in life. What? I always wanted to be a dancer. Stripper? I said a dancer. Stripper. That's the type of dance. But yeah. That's not the type of dance I initially wanted to be as a five-year-old. Like, hey, some do these hey, days. You but. had MC. Oh gosh, I would not say that about these babies, but the way <laughs> it's glorified, I, I I cannot disagree with you. I'm gonna keep it real. But back in the day, when you had real dancing, like you had real music, so how people used to like MC Hammer. I mean, oh, okay. y'all, y'all don't know who that is. They don't. Or you know, Janet Jackson. They don't know who that Love is. Love Janet Jackson. But I mean, if I bring New Age Usher or Chris Brown, yeah. like those type of dance moves, like I felt like I was just that cool to be a dancer. But okay. then the harsh reality of life set in. and you realize you can't dance? I can dance. Okay. I still can dance, <laughs> I think. But my body might say otherwise. Oh, my goodness. But ultimately, like, uh, that's my thing, ultimately. Anyway, um, <laughs> when I, I realized I had a natural thing for being around kids, mm-hmm. and now everybody has that patience to deal with them. I don't. And I just, I've always known, and everybody doesn't have it. So once I'd seen that I had this niche, I knew, hey, this is what I wanted to be Working a teacher. With kids. Yeah. That's admirable. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate and applaud people like you <laughs> who have the patience to work with kids because I tried and I couldn't yeah, do it. Yeah, it was a fail, but yeah. you tried. It wasn't a fail. Was it, it a fail? Mm, was it a fail, though? No, because some of the kids was asking about you after you left. So, yeah. I mean, it wasn't that bad. I wasn't that bad. Yeah. It so. wasn't a fail. It just wasn't in your arena. Yeah. You can work with kids, but not just... Passionately. Yeah. yeah okay. It's okay. It's okay. But, but yeah, for me, the I always wanted to be an actress, but now I'm pursuing comedy. Okay. And... But I, what made you get into comedy? Comedy just... Man, social media. So, were you always one of those funny people growing up? Like, did you always have those jokes? A different people... type of funny. A different type of funny. I was more sarcastic and had the witty come The quips. Yeah, they call it quips. Yeah. That's what the white people say. Quips. The quips. <laughs> I had those. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. And that was me. People would always say I was a funny friend and stuff. And I never really saw myself as funny. But I knew I could make people laugh. Because people think 
if you're funny, you have to be a clown. Yeah, you're quick with it. I will say that. Yeah, and my mother, I give that to my mother because my mother, I would say something to my mom, trying to chump her off, and she'll chump me off even harder. I think that's a part of being a parent. Like you just gain that. Like once you, you have a child, you just know how to say witty stuff to them and come back and like shut them down in a nice way. But my mom used to always shut me down and just say crazy stuff. And so I definitely get that from my mom. My family's funny, but I'm not like a clown because people be like, oh, you don't, you don't seem funny, you know. It's not about and that. it's different Everybody's ways. It doesn't have to be the same. I have dry humor mm-hmm. and I'm very like sarcastic. You don't know if I'm telling the truth or playing with you. You, you just never know with me. But... I said it in high school a lot. Yeah. That used to be so funny just to read people's reactions. Yeah, that's just, just my personality shit. though. You know, I just say what's on my mind. Interesting. So, like, you got the whole actress, yeah. comedian. Is that all you do? Uh, I, I write you, as well. I, say, I know you write. I write. I write. I have a book out. If you go on Amazon and type in Kirby Speaks, and the book is called The Day She Killed. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The Day She Killed. I told you I was going to download that book when I got a new phone. I got to get it. Yes, you do. You gotta I got to get yeah, it. So too. I'm going I'm to give you that extra little, Yay. you know, support. Because that's royalties. my dog. Yes. Yeah, that's my dog. So. Support your friends. Support your creative friends, you people. Have to. And the reason this is like I'm an aha moment. I just got this new phone. If y'all would have seen that little girl phone I had yeah. before, Lord, Ooh, y'all would have been praying for me to get this phone. It wasn't a bossy phone, y'all. It was not bossy. But, <laughs> I, hey, I, if you want to play the part, you got to look the part. Still making bossy moves, though. Right. Yeah. So, um, that's your triple threat, I guess you can call it. Yeah. I still need to master something. Which one is your weakest one, you would say? Mm, I'm going to go with acting. Mm, I was going to say acting. I would say it's the least practice one because mm-hmm. even though I said I wanted to be an actress I read this article by Spike Lee mm-hmm. and the reporter was basically asking him if your daughter could be behind the scenes or in front of the camera which would you choose for her and he was like behind the scenes mm-hmm. and so I said okay Spike Lee the biggest filmmaker so if he want his daughter to be behind the scenes I need to concentrate on being behind the scenes so that's when I started saying I want to be a director gotcha. and a writer gotcha. and so I probably put the most hours in when it comes to writing and then comedy, and then acting. But when I get okay. on people's sets, they say I'm a natural, and they could see me doing that, and why don't I do it more? But I was just always doing other things. I could see you being in the field, like you say, directing, but yeah. you know how you have some movies, like Spike used to direct yeah. as well as exactly. put yourself in the movie. Right. I could see that. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be a full, uh, you know, what they call headliner. Yeah. But you yeah. can just basically put yourself in those, like, uh, I forget the name of the, the director for uh, Marvel, but he's always in his movies. Yeah. Every one. You'll and see Tarantino. Yeah. Um, just make quick cameos. And I, I, I could do something like a supporting role. I could do a leading role as well, but I'm just letting God lead me. Okay. I'm letting God lead me. Wherever he wants me to be, that's where I'm going to be. But I am putting my focus on comedy and writing. Mm-hmm. Because comedy is something... And writing is something I could do without assistance of other people. Right. And all I need is my mind. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I salute you on your journey. Thank you. Um, you know, me, I think we're all in our beginning phases. Yeah. Because it's not like we've have we have made it and that's why we're doing this podcast. So you can basically see how we are in our humble, bossy beginning. Humble <laughs> in this closet. <laughs> but for the most part, um we it's want a dope you to, closet. We it is a dope closet. Now you can just be a bedroom. Yeah. But we really want you all to see like how over time we can progress and mm-hmm. encourage each other but you know still keep it interesting keep it real yeah and just be transparent with y'all 
Um, but for me, my bossy beginning, like I said, I wanted to be a dancer, but I realized I wanted to be a teacher. And that was my thought, yeah. my mind frame, all the way up until I went to college. So my natural major was, okay, I'm going to be a kindergarten teacher. So I had to be an early childhood education major. Yeah. And up until this point in life, when I interned, like, I was a junior in high, in high school, a junior in college. Okay. And up until this point in life, I've never failed at anything. Mm. So to be kicked out of the College of Education. What? Tell that story. So, the university had just adopted this new policy, attendance policy, which Uh stated if you miss four or more classes, you automatically receive an F. Mm. So, I was a lazy student athlete, I will say that. Okay, I was a lazy student too. I went to practice and I went to class, but the only reason I went to class is because I knew I had to do it to be eligible to participate in the sport I was basically getting paid to go to school for. Yeah. So, um, I had missed a few days of class. However, on the off day from track, I tore my ACL. Wow. So, naturally, I can't walk to class. Mm-hmm. And I'm not thinking to have somebody drop me off at class. Mm-hmm. I just bump it. My natural habit right, is not to go to class. Yeah. So, um, I interned before this happened and I didn't really like the vibe I was receiving when I was interning. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying I wasn't good at it. I was a natural. When I tell you all, like, this is my passion and my purpose. Like, I'm naturally, I work well with kids. Yeah. So, the internship went really well. But I didn't want to teach because I felt like everything was controlled. And I'm not a person that easily goes with the system. Yeah, you do have to follow the rules. <laughs> you know. I'm not one for the system. Yeah. I'm about unconventional, non-traditional ways of getting lessons taught in that way that those lessons will stick with those kids and hopefully help them out in life. Yeah. Um, so that's why I feel like my purpose is beyond the classroom. But to be kicked out of the College of Education, it really opened my eyes to seeing the bigger picture. And that bigger picture is community center, mm-hmm. after school program, something on a larger scale to where I'm being, um, being effective for those who need me. Like, I just don't feel like I can do these things with kids that have the opportunity but I don't feel like that'll be purposeful right and sometimes I, I saw a quote today that said it's not rejection it's redirection mm-hmm. and that's what happened with you because yeah. who knows what would happen had you not been kicked out oh so bored with life yeah. like so traditional so and that's teacher. me like the, one of the things is <laughs> being a boss to me is just having that freedom right I right. think that's a big thing and I always knew you know me I'm not for a corporate or no, like the you're traditional. not a corporate gal. Cause I don't, I don't. You kiss, are not corporate. I'm not gonna be fake and smiling your no, face. That's I'm not, not doing that. <laughs> like I'm gonna tell it how it is. If yes. I don't like it, I'm out. I know how to follow rules well, but I just feel stifled. Like I can't grow in those type of environments. So I was like, I have to figure out what I could do to create my own destiny. You know? Yeah. So what do you do, like, so, because I want us to encourage others as well. Like, what do you do when you realize this is what I want to do mm-hmm. and this is how I'm going to get there? Like, not necessarily what are the steps you take to become an entrepreneur, but, like, what? Oh, how do you man. practice your craft? How often you practice okay. your craft? And you I'm going to keep it real, you know. We talking about being a boss, but I'm going to admit that I haven't been moving boss. Like, I, I go through this mentality of, is this what I should be doing? Like doubt, fear, a lot of unsureness. So it doesn't make the me the most. Yeah, it doesn't but make me the most proactive. The thing I will say about this, 
fear to me is a set a state of mind. Yeah. And if you always have yourself in that state, mm-hmm. you will never progress. So yeah. we all do it naturally. Yeah. But at the same time, is is do you trust? Do you have mm-hmm. faith that what God has placed inside of you? Do you feel like you can really let Him use you in that sense? Yes. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying not to let those voices in my head outweigh the work. I'm just trying to work. You better put my head down. (laughs) I'm just trying to put my head down and do the work. So I try, I'm building practices because I watch a lot of videos on successful people. I study successful people because I want to be successful. One thing about successful people Success is intentional. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't just happen. No, it's it not a strike of luck. You have to plan your success. And I, I read this book called Think and Grow Rich. And you want to know how you get rich? How? You have to think. It's in the title. You yeah. think and you grow rich. Yeah. It's in the true. title. You have to think about a plan mm-hmm. and say, okay, if you want a million dollars, how are you going to come up with a million dollars? Okay, so I have to come up with this product or service or whatever I'm going to do. I have to put in these many hours. I have to know this person and do this or do that. It's step by step, right. you know. So what I'm doing is I'm putting together practices for myself. I'm trying to wake up earlier because most successful people wake up before the sun even comes up. And I'm trying to keep my body healthy. So I'm trying to get into working out more because, right. you know, when I do make it, I'm trying to be in the entertainment field. I want to look the part and right. people be like, oh, why is she not cute? You know, and be talking. Hey. I don't want people to be worried about that. I'm about to say, it's there's certain stereotypes you must break, but at the same time, yeah. you got to do what is right for you mentally, yeah. spiritually, yeah. and physically. And that's what I'm doing. So I'm just trying to put aside time every day to write. That's why I was get out that. more and network with people because yes. I could have all these great ideas, but if I don't, it's not what you know, it's who you who know. you know. That's very true. Like some people don't understand. Yeah. That's why I try to teach the youth that I work with now. Mm-hmm. Like your voice is so powerful. Yeah. So if you only take the time to get to know people and stop being antisocial, I, yep. like you will learn how there's power in numbers. And a lot of times I've received opportunities just because someone had me in mind. Mm-hmm. Like I have a comedy show tomorrow. My homegirl couldn't make it. And she was like, I have another friend, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of times my blessings have come from other people. So making those good connections and just being genuine with people, they they want to give you work. Yes, yeah, true. People want to give you work and so you be blessed. So so I will say this. Um, for me, I'm not one that always putting time and effort into my entrepreneurship yeah. um, journey. Life, on, life and, gets hectic. But I will say, I often remind myself of things I encounter with my job because I'm still a working woman. We all are. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> some of the things I encounter with my job, I kind of make myself go from the immediate title of who I am mm-hmm. to how I would handle that in the entrepreneurial standpoint. Yeah. Of how or how this is shaping me, changed my mindset from okay just being an employee to actually doing it in a boss state Mm -hmm. so a lot of things that I go through at work you know some people might get offended by it but I'm just like no you know I'm gonna let this situation sharpen me and build character and make me that boss I want to be oh for sure yeah so like some people have to understand even though you're not making those physical efforts to Mm -hmm. writing your stuff down or making steps you know to the business plan that you have already Mm -hmm. probably written out 10 times over yeah um just think about how your real everyday life situations can help prepare you for where you're trying to get to that's true so now even though we say we're making boss moves but we don't no one sees it that's okay just as long as you mentally thinking like you say speaking into existence for sure manifestation um, manifestation is big so you know we're here to encourage you along the journey of your beautiful beginning yeah um we hope you enjoyed listening to ours yes and we hope you tune in next week
to the Bossy AB Podcast. Yep. Make sure you guys follow me on social media sites. Yeah. Kirby social underscore media. comedy. <laughs> you gonna give your social media? You still? I'm sorry. Nah, you ain't gonna give it out. Okay, no, cool. We're not give it out. That's cool. But make sure you are being a boss and being blessed. Yeah. We if I'm out. comfortable, I'm going to eventually give it to You'll them. give it out. You'll tag me and they'll give it. I'll tag it, you on something. Yeah. Okay, guys. We out. Bye. Bye. So, it's your girl, Marla. And I am Kirby. And we are coming at you for another episode of Bossy AB. Yes. So, this time, Bossy AB. What's that other B for today? Bossy and beautiful. Bossy and beautiful. All right. What it takes to be a beautiful boss because it could get ugly. Yeah, ugly sometimes. So, yeah. I mean, beauty can come in many forms. Yeah. It can be the personality. It yep. can be the physical. Um. So, I think personality is most important when it comes to being a boss and getting things handled. I agree. Uh, that's one of the things that's often overlooked. Yeah. Simply because a lot of people do not think women or they have the mind frame of a woman being a strong boss, I okay. believe. And it's just, it, I can't even just say a lot of people. Me, myself, like, mm-hmm. I really had some uh, self-realizations and self, what they call those things, when you just... Like, dang, I didn't know that I was thinking like that. My mind was like Epiphany. That. Epiphany. Yeah. Pretty much when Hillary was really about to be the Democratic candidate for president. What about it, though? I just, I don't see a woman, and it's not saying that she cannot. Mm-hmm. I did not say she cannot. I don't see the rest of the world taking a woman serious in that role of being the head or the most powerful person. And I think the reason States. is because just we've been trained a certain type of way, just like we think that we're so used to the old infrastructure of white old men running things mm-hmm. that when something outside of that, people are like, no, like Obama was a big thing. But I think people accepted Obama more than they would have accepted Hillary because yes. people don't want to see a woman in a boss role because men don't feel like they should, some men don't feel like they should take orders from women. I'm pretty sure no man wants a woman to be the boss over Right. Him. I agree on that one. Yeah. Um, however, I feel like as women, sometimes they make emotional decisions and I'm not saying yeah. that men don't do it. Um, I just think that that's where where I have a problem really being comfortable with a woman in that position. Head like being the the president? Yeah. And I know most of the decisions are not made by the president themselves per se. But my thing really was, you know, I'm not saying that a woman has to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. But the whole image of a woman such as Hillary Clinton... She looked like a little stud. Like a little, you know. She be having her Steve Harvey. A dagger. You know what I'm saying? A little dagger. A little dagger. (laughs) (laughs) Hillary was like a little daggerish up on them poles, you know. Uh, Yeah, she had a Steve Harvey suit on. So that's why I really thought Bossy and Beautiful was a good episode um, topic. Simply because what is that image that a woman or a female boss should portray? Let's look at women bosses in media. You know, you got Michelle, even though Barack was the president, like, mm-hmm. Michelle still had that power. And right. people respected her. Yeah, and it wasn't anything that she more so said. It was more so how she carried how herself. How she carried herself, yeah. And it was a way that I feel like a lot of women have to understand. Being a boss is not always about giving orders. Yeah. It's about building bosses as well. Yeah. And the easiest way that you build people up is by being relatable to them and teaching them 
and making them feel comfortable mm-hmm. um, trusting you and, you know, letting you lead them through that process. Who's another boss? Um, I automatically, whenever I think of female bosses, I think of the biggest female boss I'm pretty sure we all think of. Oprah. Oprah, yeah. Now, that's a mogul. Yeah. That's, that's a whole different... <laughs> yeah, she's... Yeah. We can't, we yeah, can't put on that. We can't kind of even on. say she's a boss. But, you know, we, we watched her, or, or at least I remember watching her... When she was fat. ...build. Yeah, you so rude for yeah. that. But just really, like, I would really go home, rush home to watch Oprah. Mm-hmm. And I was in, like, late middle school. Okay. Early high school. I never really got into Oprah. Like, when I got older, I respected the business moves that she was making, but I was never, like, personally, like, a personal Oprah fan. And I don't think I was a fan of the show. Yeah. I think I was more so studying how she captivated her audience, yeah. how she ran her show, and knowing that really was her, her, her whole, like, idea and mm-hmm. its emotion. Of I course. was just watching a video about how Oprah captures people mm-hmm. and they were talking about certain things that she do and one thing that she does is she's a toucher she touches you she's very mm-hmm. physical so she's like ah oh, come on stage and she'll touch you she look in your eyes mm-hmm. and they were saying how she sits I think if not on the same couch but she sits very close to people and give them like a lot of eye contact that makes right. it feel very personable how right. I'm looking at you yeah kind of weird like, and creep me yeah, out right just, now I, I'm know. trying to be like Oprah Okay, okay. I, I feel that. I'm trying to be like Oprah. But I'm not trying to be gazing in your I'm eyes not, I'm in this just closet. trying to be like Oprah. And, yeah. But I really think that's what it was. But the fact that she was able to really capture a whole wide variety of she her was audience relatable. wasn't just... Yeah, it wasn't just, you know, the African-Americans. It was oh, yeah. it was the middle-aged white women. Yeah, the white world. women love Oprah more than we do. Yeah, so that's like I was really interested in how she went from a news anchor to being this well-known talk show host who had her own production company and just like I say basically it just and not and correct me if I'm wrong Oprah isn't the most educated woman is she she's not when it comes to traditional schooling I don't think traditional schooling wise she was I mean she may have obtained a degree I can't don't quote me I don't remember I don't I just don't recall it being like this phenomenal educationally decorated person okay I think it was more so she she had some trial and error but ultimately Mm -hmm. she overcame all her obstacles because she got pregnant at a young age right yeah I heard about that um I wonder if she was Brenda who Tupac was talking about. Man, here My you bad. go. Go I'm all sorry. out the way. Let's go back to the, <laughs> the female bosses that we okay. remember. What about this? Now, this is going back to media because I like to put media in this thing and to spin one because you like uh, entertainment. Yeah. Uh, Felicia Rashad. Love her. She was a boss on the Cosby yeah, Show. Yeah. She, she was, was that the, first image of. She was a lawyer. She was a lawyer. She was a lawyer. And she was that image of that strong black mom. Yeah. Like she had that softness, but mm-hmm. yet you knew not to mess with her and yeah. go back on, you know, those rules because yeah. she was going to cut you with that mouth or that look. Yeah. She still, even every role she plays, she still kind of keeps that same element. She hasn't derived too far from right. that Cosby role. Right. Uh, but has that failed her though? No. You know, that's her lane. No. Because some people don't like to be uh, typecast, typecast in certain yeah. roles. Right. But I like what she's done over her career. And she's beautiful still. Yeah. I mean, that still. that role on Empire. I don't know if you ever watched it. Um, but I she, stopped watching around the time she came. But she had that. Like, it was different for her because it was kind of like a villain yeah. piece to it. So I was kind of like, oh, I don't like I it. I liked but, it, though. But, you know, she had them same little yeah. eye dagger looks. The nonverbal. Daggers. I love yes. her nonverbal. 
whole face. And expression. it just was like, I'm not gonna mess with you, yes, ma'am. You still went back to yes, ma'am, like you were still watching Cosby Show back. That's in the day. another thing too about being a boss. Like nonverbal is just mm-hmm. as important as the verbal communication because some people just have energy that you don't like. Yeah. And when you when you don't respect someone or like someone, it's hard to follow their lead. I deal with that. I'm currently dealing with that. Yeah. And it's not because um, I have an off energy. Mm-hmm. It's because I feel like sometimes my vision is bigger than who my immediate um, staff mm-hmm. is. They don't see my vision. Okay. So in order to bring it to life for them, I mean, I'll have to be out of my shell and be more verbal. Mm-hmm. But in the same sense, I don't want them to do what I'm envisioning. I want them to be creative and create their own lane. Okay. But when you don't trust the fo- the leader, yeah. it's hard to It's follow. very important. Like, when you're a boss, I think that's probably one of the most important things is just your team having that trust and mm-hmm. trusting you and respecting you because, oh, man. It's like, going to be a burning building. If- it, I mean, yeah, it will be a burning building, but I feel like what how you put out the fire before it starts mm-hmm. is being vulnerable. Yeah. And letting them know that you're relatable. Yeah. yeah, you can relate with them like in, on any level. Um, but it takes communication on both parties. Yeah. It can't just be the supervisor or the boss saying, you know, what's going on. You have to be able to tell them what's going on yeah. if they ask. I don't like people who try to come off as dictators. Mm-hmm. Because I had a boss one time. I had I used to work at Nordstrom and then I had this one boss. He was black. He hired me. And I'll, ever, I'll forever remember him because that was, like, one of the first jobs I had where I started making real money. And I just saw how corporate worked. Like, they were plotting to get him out there. And, I mean, mm-hmm. he was a great manager. And they fired this dude after, the day after he came back from his honeymoon. So, you knew wow. he was planning a wedding and he was going out the country and doing all this stuff. And y'all coming in there looking for stuff and looking for this, looking for that. And they fired this man the minute he came back from his honeymoon, you know. And people knew what was going on and stuff like that. But I didn't because I'm like, how y'all know that's what they're trying to do? They was like, because this boss never coming here. And so he brought his other um, boss in there from another store. And the first thing he said to us when we had our first team meeting was, this is a dictatorship, not a democracy. Oh, God. And I couldn't, I really couldn't mess with him after that, you know. He got me fired. He got the whole department fired, like. And brought brought his other people in from his store. Like, that was his plan the whole time. He pretty pretty much much got everybody fired from the department. So, those are the bosses where I feel like, you know, they use that power to kind Mm -hmm. of maneuver. Like you say, create their own, make their self stronger by putting little minions underneath them. But the beauty in female bosses, I feel like. You know, some say they make the emotional decisions. I've mm-hmm. just said that. But I feel like the beauty in female bosses is the compassion that they have sometimes. Yeah. Um, some men don't know how to turn that on. And mm-hmm. after, they, just, they just see one-way tunnel vision dictatorship. Right. Um, but you have those female bosses that can see, you know, one-way um, dictator. Yeah. But they're not going to make you feel like that. Yeah. And that's a gift and a curse, I feel. When a person trusts you and they respect you... Mm-hmm you create better workers like that because even in school when I'm thinking about teachers, the teachers I like, I always did their homework. I never had an excuse. You know, the teachers I didn't like, 
man, this happened. I'm coming up with the excuses. Ah, man, like, you know, my mom was up all night yelling. I couldn't sleep. The music was loud. Lying. Lying. I was just, but you know, as a kid, you think you just got it all figured out. And, but it's certain teachers. I just really didn't respect them like that. And even bosses where they'll ask me to do something. I didn't immediately jump on. Like, I'm going to do what I want to do. But when you respect someone, they come at you respectful and like ask you. And it's not a demand, even though they can kind of demand you, but it's just the tone in which they ask you because you are there to work right. and fulfill a task you know but it's the way you ask me i got a prime example so today at work <laughs> i had three staff in a room mm-hmm. about four kids in all the other areas one area has like 24 25 kids the other area has about 24 25 kids but i have three staff mm-hmm. With four kids. Yeah. I immediately said, what are y'all doing? Yeah. Now me, I'm thinking just regular conversations as I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. I, you wouldn't get offended if I'm like, what are you doing, Kurt? Yeah. I said, what are you doing? It's, oh, you're on my clock. Yeah. Doing yeah. absolutely nothing but eating a sandwich and not watching <laughs> kids. So, I mean, yeah. I, I have to sometimes catch myself on the way I relate things. Yeah. Because some people may get offended and feel like I'm, you know, just being rude. However, I'm trying to be relatable in the sense of, okay, I'm not coming at you as a supervisor, which would be like, hey, get up, yeah. go to work. You're not supposed to be doing X, Y, and Z. And when people don't know you, sometimes they don't know that you're joking or things could get lost in translation. Mm-hmm. but. I mean, you know you're supposed to be doing work. And people get mad sometimes. Sometimes people get called out on their crap and they get mad because you, can't you be. called them out. And it's like, you know you're not it's, doing your you job. You know you're yeah. not doing what you're supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, it's a lot to battle being a female boss because yeah. you have to just, just that female, it's like anything with women, people always have to add that woman or female in the mm-hmm. front. Like, even doing comedy, I'm like, oh, we'll do a comedy show, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be about five, six comedians, maybe four guys. It's always like one token girl on the show. <laughs> They're like, "You guys ready for your next comedian? This one is a lady." Yeah, this and it's female like, comedian. Why you gotta introduce me as a woman? Let me just come up here. I'm a comedian. I'm telling jokes. Right. I'm doing the same thing. Right. Why you gotta introduce me as a woman? And that happens a lot. And they do these shows where they throw two, three females. Oh, this the female portion and group us all together. It's like, why y'all doing that? Because we funnier than some of these dudes up here. So, speaking about female comedians and how, you know, as a comedian, one, you already have to have, um, you're in your own lane. You have to entertain people. Yeah. So, is there a certain lane that you feel like you have to stay in as a female comedian? No, not me. Okay, because I know some people feel like all the female comedians are nasty and every joke they have is sexual. A lot are. A lot are, and I get a lot of respect from male comedians because they be like, Curb, like, you a woman, you don't, you not raunchy. You don't mm-hmm. talk about, you know, like, men ain't shit, and you don't talk about, like, how good your stuff is. I do have some jokes like that that I can do, but it's not really, like, a big part of my set. Okay. Depending on the crowd. Okay. Sometimes you got to bring out that. Depending on the crowd, you have to know what type of crowd you're working with. And sometimes you may have to go to that because that's what they want to hear. But ultimately, like, nah. See, that in itself, that's beautiful because you are going outside of the standard. Yeah. And it's just not me. That's the thing. People get into comedy a lot of times and they Mm -hmm. come in with gimmicks because they feel like, oh, this is what comedians do. So I'm going to do this because I think this was, and a lot of people 
are not being true to themselves. But because I'm not a raunchy person in public. Now I'm about to say that's a lie. <laughs> I was about to say. Because I'm not yeah. nasty in public. <laughs> I'm not going to bring that. A create a fake persona. Right. I can so, see that. Yeah. That's yeah. I just be myself. Like, I'm just going to be Kirby 24-7. I always say that. I don't try to, like, be a different role. I'm always going to be me. So, and people could feel that. They're like, oh, that was different. Like, right. And they hear the jokes. They hear where I was actually writing and was clever and thought about stuff. Because you get some girls who come up there and be like, don't you hate dudes who got small penises? I hate like, dudes wait. who got small penises. How I'm supposed to suck it? I gotta suck it with two fingers. I want to put my whole palm around it. Oh my and gosh! Where's the sister? Stuff button? like that. Oh. You see stuff like that, and I'm just like, and you talk to these people, and that's not even them. Right? Like, why did you get on stage and act like a mammy? See, he said a black face. A mammy, like you was. This not a minstrel show. What are you doing? Well, that's crazy, but like. Like I was, I just like it's different ways that you can portray beauty. Yeah. Um, as being a boss, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of us get caught up in the image of, like I've said before, how Hillary has known for wearing those pants. Yeah. Um, uh, but me, <laughs> <laughs> me on the flip side, like I work with kids, so I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, I do want to dress it up and yeah. be a female boss in that perspective of yeah. the heels and the skirts or mm-hmm. a dress, but. My field and my arena doesn't call for that. Yeah. I can't go to work in high heels and really yeah, get down and need to get with those kids. But I feel like, okay, but I still want to know that I'm a woman. Okay. So it's just like, you know, how do I find my style and mm-hmm. still put a spin on it so they the girls can Pinterest. be like... Pinterest. Pinterest has everything. Oh, I found it now. I'm not <laughs> saying I haven't found it, but I just do need to, you know, kind of... <laughs> Increase the yeah. the display. However, my thing with the like when I do dress up with my skirt and my mm-hmm. tennis shoes, that's my twist. Skirt and tennis shoes. Okay. Yeah, I, it's so funny how I get the compliments from the girls. Oh, your skirt is pretty. Mm-hmm. Like they need to see those images sometimes mm-hmm. that it's okay to dress up yeah. and still put your spin on it. Yeah. You don't have to traditionally wear dresses and heels. Yeah. As as a female doing comedy. They say that women shouldn't dress too sexy on stage mm-hmm. because it distracts the male audience, and then the women are trying to like critique them and see what's but wrong with there them. There was a comedian that I remember wearing some real drastic and sexy. On some stage. do, some do. That's some more. Yeah, some more. That's but that's what she's known for. She's yeah. known as the sexy comedian. Um, I feel like women should be able to wear whatever they want to wear on stage. I, I have a good balance, I would say. Okay. When okay. I'm on stage. I don't get up there. I'm not in a mini skirt. I don't got my ass hanging out. But I may have on a tank top, but I'll put like oh, a so shirt. You always on. have on a tank top. I always have, even in I winter mean, time. Yeah. I always have I don't a know. Tank top She's not in South Florida total, yeah, but she feels I, like she yeah, has to I do know. it. I always have a tank top <laughs> on, but when I get on stage, because I still want to show like that sexiness, but not be completely out there. But they say, oh, you dress too sexy if you're a female just let them concentrate on the jokes but at the same time I'm a brand when yeah, I'm walking out so exactly. I can't just be seen as like I don't want like a boy so some you never know who in the audience that's right you never know who in the audience they be like I like her look you know right and they want to give me a job for something but so you have to just go dress for the job you want and that's that's how I feel so so another thing I like to touch on and it's only because we're two females mm-hmm. obviously um makeup like what is your thoughts on makeup like do you feel like that's a necessity when you are trying to portray yourself in the boss position do you have to I'm have your not best a big face? makeup I'm not a big makeup person oh. I would like to get into it a little more just for certain things okay not an yeah. everyday thing not an everyday thing because I'm a low I'm a low maintenance girl I don't 
Hey, my makeup is lip gloss, baby. Yeah, my, that's pretty much my lip gloss Vaseline, and, eye, and gloss, sometimes I'm feeling fancy, a little mascara, and some eyeliner, uh, and that's that's. I don't even me. need eyeliner. Yeah. I tried the whole shebang, and it's. I mean, it's cute when you go out, but yeah. as far as being like, I'm active, so if I'm yeah. like, moving around at work and mm-hmm. I get sweaty, my first thing I'm gonna do is try to wipe my forehead. Oh yeah, mine coming off because I've been rubbing my eyes. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I'm not a. I don't need my face beat. I'm doing a photo shoot or something, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get some pictures. That's about it. Or maybe, like, a date or something. But, like, no. Uh, just be presentable and clean. That's how I see yeah. it. I always say, like, beauty is always what you define as beauty. Confidence mm-hmm. is, is the most... Yeah attention-grabbing thing. Right. So if you, whatever you And some you don't need it. You know, you can have that swag without it. I'll be like, I don't need a whole face full of makeup to, yeah. you know, just whatever. I mean, from your your wardrobe to your face, your hair. Yeah. Whatever the case may be, just as long as you're confident in what you're doing, that's mm-hmm. the most beautiful thing about you as a boss. And start now. Start looking how you want to look and dressing how you feel like you should for the respective role that you're trying to get. I know that you mentioned vision boards before, but yeah. that's a good way to do it. Like, go through Pinterest. Yeah. Uh, go through some magazines and mm-hmm. put that stuff into, um, free, like, put it together. And present yourself because people are only going to take you as serious as you take yourself. That's true. Yeah. So, all you beautiful queens. Queens. You bossy things, you. Yes. Um, we just want to thank you for tuning in. and Bossy we hope- AB. <laughs> Hopefully, we can catch you the next time around. Um, and we didn't talk your ear off too much on this episode. But thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you when you see ya. But make sure you do follow me on social media sites. Kirby underscore comedy. I have to plug myself every episode. I may do it two times an episode. Every episode. Every episode. I mean, she like those followers. I like the lime. Oh, no, lime. I like the low light. The low light. So we'll catch (laughs) y'all next time. Y'all take care. All right.